0: joining us at creative church we pray that this word blesses your heart and blesses your life and if it has i want to encourage you to feed what's feeding you and to give to what's giving to you the easiest way to do this is to visit creativechurch.com give thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity be sure to like this video and subscribe to our youtube channel make sure to click on notifications so you never miss an encouraging word from creative church but go with, go with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter three. I'm going to read just two verses with you. Romans chapter three. I always try to bring one of the kids out on stage with me um, and pray for me every Sunday because I don't want them to be shy and I don't want them to be scared of the stage um, because they're all going to be leaders and prophets and preachers and um, they're all going to be just, they're, God's going to use them in such amazing ways. You're going to be up here preaching one day. And i'm gonna sit down you know and you're gonna be up here prophesying and preaching laying hands on people people are gonna get healed and delivered it's gonna be amazing and um uh you know i i tell parents don't speak shyness over your children because shyness can be a curse that robs them of their possibilities and opportunities there's not a parent in here that doesn't want their child to be bold courageous speak up for themselves come on parents can i get an amen you all want your kids to be like that so speak those things over them. Don't speak shyness. Although you're shy, you're shy. Don't speak that over them. Speak courage and, and confidence, you know, and over them so that they'll be bold. How old are you? Nine. So she's nine. And um, you think, how does he not know? I don't know. I have eight of them. Um, what's bad is when we go to the doctor and they're like, what's their birth date? I'm like, I don't know. Tell me your birth Do you know the birth date? <laughs> Call their mother. You know, so I'm not proud of it, but that's what it is. So <laughs> nine, you said nine, nine years old and, um, and she's up here she'll be praying. So when she's, you know, when she's 18, 20, she's going to be calling down fire. <laughs> so Romans chapter three, verse three and four, this is the apostle Paul speaking to us. He says, for what if some did not believe? What if some people don't believe? He said, will their unbelief make the, the faithfulness of God without effect? He said, if people don't believe, uh, does that mean that God's word is not going to be effective? I love what he, he says here. He answers it. He goes, certainly not. Let God be true. Come on, let God be true. Let God be true and every man a liar as it is written. Amen. Okay, pray for that. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for my dad. Thank you for letting him have an amazing birthday. And Lord, I declare that you'll let him preach good. And I prophesy that um, people will get here, get get saved. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I love you. I miss you already. All right, be seated. Let's go to work. So I love what Paul says here. And it is a powerful question he asks. But he says, you know, if there's a prophecy that God has spoken over your life, if there's a dream that God has spoken over your life, if there is a, uh, if there is a word that God has spoken over your life, how many of you have a dream that God has spoken into you? Five people. Does anybody else have a dream that God spoke into your life? Come on. Anybody have a word that God has given you? a prophecy that God's giving you for your business, for your marriage? How about for your children? Yeah. Come on, for your children. Come on, Creative Church, don't suck. How many of you are, the lights are on, I can see you. How many of you have a dream for your children? Right? So when you have those, those things, you, you got to go to God and say, God, give me a dream for my family. Give me a dream for, for my children. Give me a dream for, for my family, for my business. Let me, let me make it a little more clear to you. God's first language is not English. God doesn't speak English. Um, God's first language is visions and dreams. And a lot of times we don't realize that, and so we keep going like, well, I'm not hearing God. Like, what is God saying? And so we don't hear God, and so... Uh, We think God isn't speaking. A lot of times you can confuse your children when you go to them and say, what is God saying to you? And they go, I don't hear God because they're listening for English. (coughs) But God doesn't speak English. God speaks visions and dreams. Only two people in the Bible God spoke to -to face-to-face audibly. Everybody else God spoke to in visions and dreams. Praise the Lord. If if the father spoke to Joseph and Mary through visions and dreams… He's probably going to speak to you in visions and dreams, especially when the prophet Joel spoke of that in the last day of God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That's, she's just out here prophesying. Come on, you got to live out the word shall prophesy and says your old men and young men shall see visions and dream dreams. God is going to speak to you in visions and dreams. So then you need to, you know, be going throughout the day saying like, what is God showing me? You know, when the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, how do you know which way to train them if you don't know which way they should go? How do, how do you know what to make them become if you don't know which way they're supposed to be? Most, most people just parent with like, well, hey, you just be whatever you want to be. You do whatever you want to do. You do you. We did us. You do you. We just want you to just live your dream. But that's not what the word said. The word said that you are to train them up in the way they should go. Most of us grew up without anybody giving us any direction. Most of you do not have a prophetic word from your parents. You're a grown person. You've never received one prophetic word from your mom or your dad. Every Father's Day, I give all of my children a gift, or even Joanne, all of my family, a gift and a prophetic word for the year. Because that day, the attention's on me. That day I have more influence. And so I use that influence to speak into their life. Because when you speak into your child's life, you shape their identity. And in the absence of that, our children struggle with identity. Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? That's why you have to go to God and say, God, show me in a dream or a vision what my child is supposed to be, what they're supposed to do. If you're here and you're single, you need to go to God and say, God, show me my spouse. Show me in a dream or a vision what they look like. Show me to dreamer and a vision, what they're doing, something we will be doing together one day, the vision that you have for our lives. Because if you don't see them, then the only other way that you, let me back up. If you don't see them and you don't have a vision, you're going to feel. Am I boring y'all? I don't want to bore you. I'm hungry. So the minute y'all are ready to go, I'm ready to go. All right. I've already preached this twice. <laughs> so you, you're going to you're gonna have to feel. And most people, if you listen at the way they talk, they, they talk with feelings first. Most people are led by their feelings. That's why they start conversations like, well, I just don't feel. And, may, you know, I'm just not feeling this or feeling that and feel. And so if I turn off the lights right now, Do you know how you'd get out of here? You get out of here by feeling. You'd feel your way out because you can't see. Now, if I told you to get out of here right now, everybody could run out of here because you can see. But when you can't see, you've got to feel. I'm not boring y'all. I don't want to bore you. So that's why most people, that's why you get in a relationship and you in a relationship for five years trying to feel. Come on. Come on. I, I feel like he's the right guy. You know, I feel all them muscles and feeling, and, and I feel like she's the right girl because you feel in 36, 24, 36. And so you feel in the lips, hips, and fingertips and you feel all that kind of, but, 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 but you're not confident because you're, you're making decisions based on feeling. And that's why you end up perishing. That's why Jesus and my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Where there is no vision, people perish, because they live life based on feelings rather than sight. And have you ever mistaken something in the dark for something that it wasn't? You thought it was something, and you turn the light on and realize, "Oh my gosh, that's not what I thought it was at all." You know? It's like when you, you know, when you was at the club and everybody looked good with the lights down, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And then they turned the ugly lights on, you was there too long. And then you really see, oh my God, you know, this is not what I thought it was. And, and that's why you need a vision for your, your marriage. You need a vision for your children. You need, if you're single, you need to ask God, show me in a vision, my spouse, so that when I meet you, I go... My gosh, I've been looking for you. I know exactly. Or, or that somebody comes in your life, you know, that's not who God showed me. I don't even need to go on a date. Right. There you go. I don't even need to talk to them because I know, I know what they look like. I know what they're supposed to be doing. I know what they're doing now. I don't even, I don't need to feel. Come on. good. Because once you get your feelings involved, it, it, it begins to assassinate your faith. And so the just shall walk by faith, come on, everybody say faith, Faith. not by feelings. So you've got to begin to ask God, show me in a dream or a vision the plan that you have for my life, the dream that you have for my life. And Paul begins to say, he says, if people don't agree with it, does that mean that God won't do it? You know, there's people that will say, well, you're not smart enough, you're not good looking enough, you're not experienced enough, you're not important enough. You know, they're not going to believe in your dream. Because, but because people don't believe in your dream doesn't mean God didn't give it to you. Come on. Doesn't mean that God didn't give it to you. And I came to tell somebody this morning they don't have to believe in your dream. They don't have to believe in the thing that God has spoken over your life. God didn't give them the dream, God gave you the dream. God gave the vision to you. Write the vision, make it plain that all that see may follow thereby. You've got to have something down in your heart that you're believing for. I know while I'm preaching, some of you don't have a dream. You you just live in day to day. You you don't really have anything that you're running after. But it's like Egypt. Nobody had a dream for Egypt until Joseph came. And when Joseph came, Joseph had a dream. Nobody had a dream until the dreamer came. And then once Joseph had a dream, the baker had a dream and the butler had a dream. Pharaoh had a dream. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying if you don't have a dream, get around people with a dream. If you don't have a vision for your family, get around people who have a dream and a vision for their family. If you don't have a dream for your marriage, get around people who have dreams for their marriage. And watch how all of a sudden you get a dream for your marriage. If you don't have dreams for your children, get around people who have dreams for their children. And all of a sudden you'll start getting dreams. If you don't have dreams for a business or what God wants to do in your life, get around people who do. And all of a sudden it starts to rub off on you. If you hung around multimillionaires all day, do you think the odds of you being a multimillionaire go up or go down? If you think, if you hung around broke, busted, disgusted people all day, people who complain all day, people broker than the 10 commandments. If you hung around those people all day, do you think the odds of you being like that go up or go down? If you hung around people who were fit and had six-packs, do you think? <laughs> some of y'all are like, that's what's wrong. I need some new friends. I need some six-pack friends. But people either build you up or they bring you down. Come on. See, I didn't answer the question. You answered the question. So you got to be intentional and start putting yourself around people with dreams. Putting, putting yourself around people who dream big who believe that God is able, who do not see themselves as, like, uh, like in the Old Testament when the, when the children of Israel sent spies into the wilderness, they came back and said, we are as grasshoppers in our sight and in their sight. There's giants, we're, we're just grasshoppers. They're gonna kill us. And I read that text again and it says, we were as grasshoppers. It didn't say I thought I was a grasshopper. They said, we were, see, they saw each other like that. See, I've realized that churches struggle when they see each other as insignificant. Like the worship team will never be powerful if they don't see themselves as powerful. The kids ministry will never be effective if the people leading it don't see themselves as effective. Our church will never change the world until we begin to see each other as world changers. But when we just look at each other and think, look at what they don't have, and they're not anybody, and they're never going to do anything great, and I, don't, I just don't like them, and they're not powerful, and they're not this, and they're not that, then we're never going to be able to do anything because it's, it's who we surround ourselves with. We've got to see ourselves as called and anointed. If you think your husband is just a grasshopper, your wife is a grasshopper, your children. I'm so glad that when I saw those pictures, when I was in that Tom Thumb, I never saw that as like we're nothing. We were in that hotel. I never saw us as we're never going to be anything. I saw us as we're called and anointed to change this city. God called us. He, he called us right here to change this city for him. He's called us, he's equipped us. I had teenagers around me. Andrew was just a teenager. Ryan was just a teenager. They're all just teenagers. And I was in my, my, my 20s. We didn't know anything. But we believed that God had called us and anointed us. And I'm not saying not to be coachable. I'm not saying not to be, um, I'm not saying you just go rogue and you know, when, when you hear God speak to you, it's got to be backed by his word. Come on, can I get an amen on that? God's not going to tell you something that's contrary to his word. I mean, like, don't come to me and say, well, God gave me where I'm supposed to leave my wife. No, no, God didn't tell you that. That's not in his word. Well, God just said, you know, I can be whatever gender I want to be. And no, no, God didn't tell you that. That's not in his word. Well, God just said, we, we can live together, get married later. No, no, that's not in his word. See, see God's not going to tell you something that's contrary to his word. Can I get an Amen. And so you've got to begin to to realize that if God spoke it over your life, it will happen. It will come to pass. And I'm going to give you just a couple of quick things that I want you to write down to help you. When God gives you a prophetic word, God gives you a dream, how do I know this is of God? Number one, what's the origin of the dream? Is it from God or or is it something in your flesh? For instance, when people come to me and they want something, I'll typically ask them, what do you want and why do you want it? Is it about God or are you trying to prove something to somebody who didn't believe in you? Or are are you wanting the business so you can prove them that you don't need nobody and you're three times seven plus and you're you're grown and, and you don't need nobody? Or is it really about God? So you bought the car. And you said God wanted you to have a car, but now you're driving the car up and down your ex-husband's house 17 times a day, hoping he can see you to prove to him that you don't need him. That's not a God dream. Come on. So a lot of times we can get into things and we feel like, you know, God wants to do this in our life, but really it's our own insecurities. It's our own, you know, timidities. I got to prove I'm, I'm, I'm the best kid. I've got to prove I'm somebody. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. If God's spoken in your life, it will come to pass. But what's the origin of it? Is it something that God really laid on my heart? Is it something like, um, like an impression? I took Plato and rolled it out and I had the kids put their hand in it. And I said, that's, that's, sometimes that's how God will like, speak to you. It's like you feel this impression on your heart. And sometimes you've got to have standalone faith. Sometimes you've got to have faith and nobody agrees with you. I mean, sometimes, I, even with my whole staff, sometimes I've had to believe God for things and none of them wanted to do it. They're like, I don't see it. Well, at least he showed it to me. Thank God. Sometimes I've, I've had to do things and Pastor Joanne didn't agree with it. And I'd be like, I feel like God's showing me this and she's like, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you. I'll go with you if that's what you want to do. If that's what God told you, but if you're asking me if you told me or if I want to do it, the answer is no. Man. You know? Because I want her to say, no, God spoke to me too. That way, if it doesn't go right, I can be like, well, you said God told you too, you know? And I have somebody to share the blame with. But sometimes she's like, no, I mean, if God told you, I'm with you, I'll go with you, i support you. But if you're asking me, no. And that's some moments I've had to stand on my own and go like, man, God spoke to me. What are you saying? God will speak to the husband sometimes and not the wife? That's exactly what I'm saying. Where's that in the Bible? God told Abraham to take Isaac to the mountaintop and kill him. And I'm sure Sarah was not involved in that decision. You don't even read where he asked Sarah, hey, you know, I just want to bounce this off of you just to make sure we're in unity. He he was smart enough to not even say anything to her because she'd have been like, take who, where to do what? The devil is a (laughs) liar. And sometimes I'm just saying as a husband, as a wife, sometimes as a student, sometimes as a teenager, you know, you got to stand alone faith. I mean, I have people on our staff that that were coming to church as a teenager and none of their family was saved. None of their family knew God. They got saved as a teenager and they were like standing up for God and trying to honor their parents trying to do everything. And they were the only one in their family that was saved and asked me, pastor, how do I navigate that? How do I do that? You know, how do I honor my parents and honor God when sometimes my parents don't even want me coming to church? And now I'm proud to say some of them, their entire family's in God's house serving God. Come on, can I give an amen about it? Because God sets the solitary in a home to bring out all of those that are bound with chains. You know, you, you don't know what God will do through you, but you just got to make sure your heart is right and say, God, what is the dream that you've given me? John 3 and 6 says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. If it's a fleshly thing, then you're going to have to pay for it. If God says, if I order it, I'll pay for it. You order it, you pay for it. But it, that's where you don't, you don't want to tempt things that aren't God's. Come on, can I get an amen about it? You want to stick to what He's called you to do. Number two, look at what God's already given you. What are the gifts that He's already placed in your heart? What are the things that He's already told you to do or to say? What are the things that God's spoken to you to do? What are they? Are you gifted to sing? If you're not gifted to sing, then God probably doesn't want you on the worship team. Come on. That's okay because He's called you to do something else. Amen? Amen. Some people, I'm like, they shouldn't be on the worship team. Don't put them on worship team. Some some of you are like, why is the music so loud? Trust us, you want the music loud. Because everybody's singing. You don't want to hear everybody sing. Only the Lord thinks that's a beautiful sound. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But what are the things that God's placed in your heart? What are the dreams that he's placed in you? Realizing that in Acts 17, 28, it says in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being, and without him we can do nothing. You know, it's like where Sarah, God had called Abraham and Sarah to have a baby, but she tried to, you know, she got old and they felt like they weren't going to be able to have a baby, so she started to stand in for God like a substitute teacher, because God didn't do what she wanted him to do when she wanted him to do it, so she went and got Hagar and had Abraham sleep with Hagar and produce Ishmael. And now she's created this awful situation because she wasn't willing to just wait on the Lord. See, sometimes when God, when God, see, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying when God gives you a dream, he doesn't need anybody to help make that dream become a reality. Nobody. You're not at the mercy of people. You're at the mercy of the Lord. And, and you just got to keep your prayer life you got to pray. Everybody say pray. pray. And when you pray to God, it keeps you from praying on people. Because when you don't pray to God, you end up praying on people and you get frustrated people because you're like, I need this person to open this door for me. And if this person would give me this opportunity and if they would just see me the way I really am and if they would recognize me and if they would do this for me and they would do that for me and you start going, well, if I can just get into that circle and get into that connection, if I can just get into that relationship, you start praying on people because you stop praying to God and you don't realize that people are a, a resource, but God is the source. He's the source. And if anything in your mind is going like, man, if people would, and people, if people, if people, if people, you, you started to pray on people because you've stopped praying to God. And you're trying to manipulate the situation. You're trying to change things to work it out the way you want it to work out. But Acts 17 28, in Him we live, move and breathe, and without Him, not without people, but without Him. We can do nothing. Philippians 4, 13. Paul says, I can do. Everybody say, I can do. I can do. All things through Christ that strengthens me. Christ can't strengthen an I that can't do. You got to believe in you, boo. Amen. You got to believe in you. Right. Believe that you're not a grasshopper. Amen. Believe that God's got a plan for your life. Jeremiah 2911. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. And number three, write it down. Never let the dream that God put in your heart intimidate you. Never let the dream that God put in your heart intimidate you. I love that when I think about dreams because sometimes it's not the bigness of the dream. Some people feel like they're going to be intimidated by a big dream, but you can be intimidated by the smallness of a dream. You think of Moses' mother, she just had one simple dream. One simple dream, to raise children who love God in a culture that didn't love God. To raise kids that love God in a culture that hated God. And Pharaoh was killing every male child, just like we've got today. Millions and millions of babies being aborted every year. Every year. And, and that's why God spoke to us. One of the things that God spoke to us to do in our vision is to create um, and, and purchase an ultrasound bus. Somebody say amen about that. We want to purchase an ultrasound bus to rescue babies. Come on, can I get an amen about it? To rescue babies. We believe God's called us to do that. And we want to do it. And I think they have a picture of it that they'll put up here in a moment. Um, but I was preaching just several months ago. And um, yeah, there it is. And one of the reasons why is if a, if a mom can see or hear the baby, there's a 90% chance she won't abort the baby. How, how great would it be to have this going all throughout the Twin Cities and moms are getting free ultrasounds rescuing babies. Come on, amen. This is a big deal. And we just, several months ago, I was preaching and the Lord spoke to me and said, hey. There's a mom that's contemplating this. Let her know that God's got a plan for that baby and she's not alone. And they got a picture of it and I spoke it out over the service. She decided to keep that baby. We gave her a check just last Sunday. There's that baby. Just beautiful. Because God's got a plan and a gift for every life. Life is beautiful. Come on, guys. What makes you get excited? We're talking about saving lives. Saving lives. And God's got a plan. And just as this mother had this... This dream, you know, she puts this baby in this little ark of faith and floats it down the river. And, and Pharaoh's daughter comes and um, pulls the, the baby out. You guys know the story. God just orchestrated the timing just perfect. I mean, she'd have been 10 minutes earlier, 10 minutes late, she'd have missed the baby. But God orchestrates it. She sees this baby in this, this little basket and pulls this baby out. And Moses' mom is there. And she says, well, I'll take care of him for you, and now all of a sudden Pharaoh's paying her to do what she would have done for free. That's one of the ways you know you're living a dream is when you're, God starts blessing you to do something that you'd have done for free. You know you're living in a dream. You're living in a thing that God spoke down in your heart. How many of you would love to do something, that thing that God's placed in your heart, you're like, God's blessing you for it, but you'd have done it for free. Come on, can I get an amen about it? And, uh, you know, they put this baby in this ark floating down with the crocodiles and snakes and this river. I just came today to tell a parent, I don't care what your children are going through. When you raise your child in the way that they should go, no matter what they float through, no matter what tries to kill them, God will protect them. He'll keep them. He'll sustain them. Train up a child in the way they should go that when they're old, come on, they will not depart from the faith. So what if they don't believe the truth in their heart? So what I love this verse. So what if they don't believe? So what if they're going through something right now and they think that all this church stuff is crazy? I'm telling you what, what you've spoken in that child is going to come back to you. So what if they don't believe? Does that make the word of God of in effect? They say, well, I don't believe in all that virgin birth, resurrection, cross, Holy ghost, speaking in tongue stuff. I've been to the university and I've heard these secular professors and I pay tens of thousands of dollars. And I'm woke now. And I'm, and I'm coming to tell my parents, you know, that, that I'm woke now because, you know, of this and that you can be as woke as you want to, but one day you're going to be awakened in your heart by the power of the Holy spirit. And he's going to change your heart. He's going to change your life. And many of you are in this church today because of what your parents put in you when you were a child. And you got of age, you went crazy, you lost your mind, and now God has brought you back. Because God's word is true. Come on, somebody say amen if you know what I'm telling the truth. To train up a child in the way they should go, that when they're old they will not depart. I still believe Ex. 16 and 31 I still believe the scripture it says if you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus you and your household shall be saved I believe Joshua 24 and 15 he says as for me and my house we will not I will serve the Lord not me and Joanne will just serve the Lord but we will serve the Lord all of us all of our kids come on does any parent here have a dream for that And you read this, you can read this story on your own, but ultimately this mom, she just had a simple dream, simple dream to see her children love God in a culture that hated God. And she ends up birthing Moses who becomes a deliverer. He delivers an an entire nation of people. She births Aaron who becomes the first high priest and God establishes the priesthood. She births. Miriam, who becomes the first worship leader in the Bible and leads all of Israel in worship when they come out of the Red Sea. This mama who just had a simple dream to see her children love God and raise her children to love God in a culture that hated God. It's a simple dream, but but don't be intimidated by the bigness or the smallness of a dream. Because you don't know who's in your house. You don't know what God's going to do. And despise not the day of small beginnings. Everything starts in seed form. Even you start in seed form. All of us start in seed form. This church, I look, at those, I look at those pictures. You know, when I get attacked by the enemy, I don't fight them with pictures and things that we do now. I go back there. I go back there and I say, you know what? You know, devil, you're a liar. Because God has been faithful to me. God has, he didn't bring me through all that he brought me through to let my ministry and the call of God be destroyed on my life now. He that is faithful to begin a good work is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Come on, he's not just alpha, but he's omega. He's not just the beginning, but he's the end. He's not just the first, but he's the last. And you trust him and you hold on to that dream. And despise not the day of small beginnings. You know, you're asking God for an oak tree, he, he gives you an acorn. You go, I, didn't, I don't, Did you not hear my prayer? I want an oak tree. He said, the, the oak tree's in the acorn. You've got to have faith, patience. But the oak tree's in there. Plant it, nurture it, water it, take care of God. And if you've got enough faith, there's a force in the acorn. See, God gives you the raw material. God, God never does things for you that you can do for yourself. God gives you the raw material and then he says, no, you, you bring out what I've called you to bring out out of it. God doesn't make coffee tables. God makes trees, right? What's harder to make, the coffee table or the tree? The tree. Some of you are like, I don't know. The tree. You can't make a tree. It's the tree. So God will give you the raw material, the gifts, the talents, the abilities. What does God give you? And they say, God, help me use this. Talent an idea. How many of you need God to bless you in your finances? Just raise your hand You need God to bless you in your finances. Ask God for an idea You ever watch Shark Tank and you see those people come out with an idea and you go Oh, why didn't I think of that? Does that ever happen to you? It happens to me all the time They're not any smarter than you. They're not any brighter than you. The only thing they have that you don't have is an idea God can give you one idea that will change your life for the rest of your life one idea Didn't have to be a lot, just one. God says, I'll open unto you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. One blessing, one idea, one connection, one being in the right place at the right time could unlock your destiny. All of that's in God's hands. Come on, somebody. All of that's in God's hands. Trust Him. Put Him first. Put Him first in your time, your talent, your tithe, your resource. Put Him first. And don't let people, because they may not agree, they may not celebrate, Sometimes you can't even tell everybody your dream. Joseph ended up in prison because he told people his dream. Sometimes you got to keep your dream in your heart. I tell young people, I say, keep your gifts hidden while they grow. Let God grow you. Things grow in the dark. They grow buried, you know, or it looks buried, but it's really planted. You grow, you put a seed in the ground, you put the, nobody sees it. That's where it breaks forth. It breaks forth with nobody watching. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be noticed. Everybody wants, look at me, look at me, look at me. I want to be famous. I want to be YouTube famous. I want to be Instagram famous. I want to be TikTok famous. famous. Grow in the dark. Grow when nobody's looking. And some of you, you feel like God has buried you. But you're really planted. They look the same. Except one goes down and never seen again. And one goes down and comes back greater than it was when it went down. So be okay with being planted. Be okay with saying, you know what? Everybody doesn't have to agree with it. Everybody doesn't have to celebrate it. God's planted me. And I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing. Nobody sees it. I'm growing. And God will bring you forth at the right time for such a time as this. You get something out of this today? Come on, give God a big praise. Hey everybody, I pray that that sermon blessed your life. I'm so glad that you had a chance to join us online today at Creative Church. I wanna say thank you to all of you who helped support the church financially, giving throughout the week. Go back, listen to this sermon again. Let it get down in your heart and down in your spirit. Maybe even share it with somebody who you think it would bless. We're so glad that you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're praying for you. We love you. God bless.